Welcome to this episode of the Sports Nutritionist Podcast. I'm here with John Steedman. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> thanks for coming, mate. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Um, so Jono is from Buy Me Nutrition. He's got a pretty big following. So some of you may know of him. Um, and if you don't, go check him out. Um, it's at Jono Steedman, correct? Yes. That's yep. Yep. cool. I'm pronouncing his surname correctly. Well, no, but no one does. It's, it's Steadman. <laughs> oh, really? But it's like even I introduced. Okay, myself. I'm going to intro it. No, no, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're going to keep this for the funny okay. bit on social. Even I say Steadman. Do you like, really? Like when I'm like, you know, just introducing myself. Okay, John Steadman. No, this is that's good. Okay. All right. So this is so this is for the behind the scenes. No, no, no. This is good. <laughs> this is good shit. If we eventually cut it, Michael goes on holiday in a week, a weekend, one day. So yeah, we'll hopefully get this one out before he goes because this is funny. Um, all right. Um, how far into this am I? Okay, two minutes, perfect. So welcome back to the Sports Nutritionist Podcast. I'm here with John O'Steadman from Bite Me Nutrition. Um, if you follow him, great. If not, give him a follow at John O'Steadman, but spelt Steedman. Yeah, it's, it's silly. It's two e's, Steedman. Okay, but yeah. Steadman. So if you say his name and shout him out on video or audio, don't make the mistake that I did at the beginning. <laughs> And then pronounce it correctly. I'll think nothing of it. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> um, that's all good. So, mate, thanks for coming on. Really pumped to be talking about this because we speak about sports nutrition and the profession a lot on here. But um, a lot of the stuff that we focus on is, I guess, giving people a look behind the curtain um, as to what it looks like to be a practitioner and a successful practitioner mm-hmm. in the nutrition space. And so, dietetics and dietitians are a big part of the nutrition world. And so, Although this isn't technically sports nutrition, hey, we can have sports dietetics and stuff. Um, it's something that I do want to at least, you know, one in every few episodes that we do talk to someone in the dietetics space. So that way we can see how well they're successfully practicing as well. And I would say, you know, credit to yourself. You're running a good practice, which is good to see. Thank you. And right. um, <laughs> you're an outlier as far as the industry stats are concerned as well, right? So it's like the majority of private practice dietitians fail within the first year um sort of about 70 yeah, percent, 70 right. or 80 percent um roughly was the I last i have not even looked those stats up because like <laughs> i don't want to know like <laughs> ignorance is bliss so just and so yeah. you've been you're you've been out on your own doing private practice for the last two years now yeah i think about two bit over two okay yeah. sweet yeah, yeah and then um just on that like so you're an outlier congrats <laughs> thank you thank you high praise <laughs> um, and that's um like not only that, are you doing well for yourself? You've got people under you now as well, right? Yeah, we've got uh, Kimberly's another dietitian at Bite Me Nutrition. Um, got a couple of admin staff as well. Emily's a admin superstar. So yeah, it's cool. yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So mate, you're in rare company, rare. The only other dietitian that I've had on here is Aiden. And that was about 18 months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe even two years ago, depending on... Yeah, time's weird post-COVID though, hey. Yeah, yeah. I know. There's a lot of restrictions <laughs> with COVID. So it really just sort of depends on where we're at at that point. I'm just going to talk about position a little bit because i'm like oh this is probably the way and michael will just get pissed if i don't address that (laughs) (laughs) i've addressed it for you mate it's all good um so mate talk to me um we were talking about this before but for anyone listening can you give them the rundown you were you went to uni did did. your undergrad like let's say talk to us about how you got to where you are at this point in time yeah cool um so did a bunch of stuff after school did a music degree taught did some it stuff it's terrible um, hated it, hated my life, was miserable to be around. And my then girlfriend, now wife was like, you need to do something else. Uh, and so went back to uni at maybe 24, I want to say, 
I went to UQ, did the Bachelor of Exercise Nutrition Science, which is their, their three-year undergrad, uh, and then used that as the the pathway into the Master of Dietetic Studies. Um, graduated sort of mid twenty eighteen, and then worked worked for a couple of different people post graduation, and then just sort of fell into working for myself. And here we are. Here we are. So did you <laughs> yeah, yeah. did you go into the undergrad? with the intention of becoming a dietitian, that was always the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, cause the, the undergrad leads to a couple of different pathways. So I had to make sure that, you know, I'd done eight of these subjects and four of these subjects and stuff to make sure that. And there's I'd a lot of electives to choose from. Oh uh, yeah. It was it, like, you could have got to the end of the, the degree and, and graduated, but then not be eligible for the masters. So had to make sure that you followed the pathway. Um, and then have to apply and hopefully get a position, you know, mm. all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I remember checking out that um, overview and a lot of these degrees and like we were talking about this before, I think there's like 17 in Australia of these iterations of exercise science, nutrition science, exercise, nutrition mm. science, sports science, sports and exercise science. Yeah. Like, yeah. The list goes <laughs> on. Right. Um, and I was looking at UQ's exercise and nutrition science. And I think like, look, this is a horrible um, recollection attempt. <laughs> like this is not going to be accurate, but there was like, 30 to 40 something electives yeah right in that yeah, program that... to choose from i mean my memory of it is hazy as well yeah. but it was pretty they probably yeah. updated it since you've gone through as well true like, yeah yeah but there was a lot they're like there were some core units and of a lot of the of the electives a lot of them were predetermined for me because on, i was doing the yeah. masters um so i definitely could have done quite a different collection of things yeah um like the first there was two... like history of like one of the there's few, oh, yeah. few subjects were like history of like Australian sport at the Olympics and stuff. And it's just like, yeah. I don't know what those, like, I mean, I guess if you were wanting to move into, no, I don't know who would take that, but anyway. It, 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 yeah, dude, right? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was looking Academic. at it, right? If you want to do a PhD, I guess you would. And and study like sports yeah. performance. Or, yeah, definitely. But I think, um, yeah, like 99% <laughs> of the work is in private practice. So like Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think there's like two hospital spots for dietitians. Well, not probably not quite that many, but that hospital was, that, positions that, that, that I was, was very joke, right. Yeah, yeah. It was like two hospital positions. Uh, yeah. Someone employed. has to die. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Or go on maternity leave. That's it's, usually it, what happens. And, and it's like that for like ex-fizz with like city Is council it? and yeah, state yeah. government. It's like there's 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 only a few. So if you're if you win the lotto and you get one of those jobs, that's great. Mm. But for the majority of you, if you're doing ex-fizz, sorry to break yeah. to you. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna be in I, private practice. I also knew about six minutes into my first hospital prac. I was like, I hate this. <laughs> so I knew that I was never even going to apply for any hospital positions. Going so, yeah. through the trash and oh, seeing just, what had been eaten. Yeah. <laughs> oh, food service. Yeah. Just like, well, that and like seeing a client once and then like, don't get me wrong, hospital dietitians do a very important job, but it's very different in terms of, it's very medical. You don't often, there's not much behavior change. There's not much lifelong change, obviously in the hospital bed that trying to get them well and get them gone, mm. which is a very different model to private practice. Yeah. So, what you currently align with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I knew pretty, pretty much straight away. And I'm not smart enough to be a hospital dietitian as well, man. They're smart. Like all the, there's just a lot, mm. but um, yeah. And, and the degrees are definitely geared towards, or at least in my experience, we're geared towards hospitals. Yeah. You know, most of the, well, virtually all of the sports nutrition information I got was because of electives that I chose that were outside in the outside, undergrad yeah. that were outside of the pathway we did once literally one lecture on sports nutrition in my master's so which so any any other sports nutrition stuff that i wanted was either like i guess self-study yeah so they call it right or um yeah picking electives so mm. and that's that's like it for the majority of people as well like it's still i would say at this point regardless of 
look, there's a few institutes globally that we work with who we're aware of that have like better access to undergrad, like like better mm. access to like at at an undergrad level for that information. Yeah. At even at just like core subjects, but a lot of them just don't have it. It's this like weird sort of if you're fortunate, you've got some electives in your undergrad. Otherwise it's like a post-grad thing and you can start like yeah. learning about it. And it's sort of like, the crazy thing is, is like understanding like the metabolism at that capacity and understanding how to manipulate, like, 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 I guess like adapted thermogenesis. And yeah. Like, oh, that was definitely none of that at all. It was all like reading Eric Drexler's <laughs> yeah. stuff. That's how I learned about that. You know, it's more, I think there was a lot of, you learn the biochemistry, you learn the um, biology and the physiology and, and everything, and you learn the nutrition stuff, but you had to kind of do the work yourself to join the dots between the two, if mm. that made sense. So that's probably, which was, it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, it, it definitely didn't feel like there was a formal component to the sports nutrition stuff. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, it's interesting. So you were saying for like, uh, when you finished your degree, you knew you were going on that pathway. Mm, yeah. But, um, well, so briefly, like you have to end of undergrad, you have to apply for the masters, obviously. Um, and I didn't get an offering in the first round. And so I was like, huh, <laughs> what do I do now? You know, like, do I do honors? Can I be a nutritionist? Like, what am I, you know, yeah, I've got a bachelor of exercise nutrition science, but like, what does that, what does that mean for registration? And I think, I like Googled some things and basically came up with, oh, anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. You know, that joke. And I was like, I don't know, but it's true. Yeah. Like, 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 oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. We, like we, we, we would love to have like the general mark sports nutritionist completely protected. Totally. But so that way we could be like, Hey, this is, these are the minimum education yeah, like, yeah. requirements. These are the minimum like uh, experiential requirements. These are the like codes of conduct for the professionals that are mm. required for it. So that way there's, a layer of protection for the public yeah but we can't get that like that you know like getting huge. getting accredited sports nutritionist as like a certification mark so it's like relatively like government backed mm. is a hard enough process as it is <laughs> yeah. um you know we're getting toward the end of that and that'll be really cool um yeah, awesome. and then obviously like we got the like title and logos and stuff there but mm. obviously like cert mark is like good mm. that's like the standard in terms of like if someone like say violets they go oh i'm an accredited sports nutritionist yeah then the ACCC are like hey you owe yeah like you can't do that and also this fine applies and we actually get a part of it so oh, amazing <laughs> eventually <Cool. laughs> if, if, if people violate it enough we'll eventually get an roi but yeah um, yeah yeah i don't know if that's a great business model just no. waiting for people to be no we're not doing, obviously no, we're not doing no that's that. that's awesome though that's but yeah it is the dream right to have in our industry i'm sure there's lots of industries i don't know about where it's like that as well but i feel like our industry in particular like just unaccredited uncertified practitioners are just like running rampant because it's you know it's the cult of personality it's to do with marketing and following and you know influence rather than and not the credentials are everything they're a good place to start mm, right definitely yeah. yeah i think credentials and rego like um and obviously like rego is becoming like we were talking about this before like you know it's like certain bodies do really good things and other ones they just sort of like taking money and are sort of like you know, fuck are you paying? You get this, the stamp. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. And so, but like, say there's like it's a, it's a registration with a good third party, like a good a good registration body. There's good third party audits. These things exist, then like it's a good thing. Then that registration mm -hmm. has merit to it. But like, yeah, unfortunately, 
you know, some are sort of evolving and mutating into these things that aren't that great, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I, 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 hold, I hold our hopes out that, you know, the rest can sort of like, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're doing some good stuff. Hopefully, you know, totally. yeah, there's yeah. some other, there's some other ones out there doing some really good things and we can just sort of keep inspiring the positive movement of it. Yeah. But I would say like, yeah, definitely credentials experience. And then if like relevant meritocratic registration. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I think there's definitely a place for all of that. And then you've got, someone checking in on you, someone making sure you, you know, you've got some level of um, like shadowing or observation or um, just you know, standards. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But. Making sure that like, like for us, for instance, like we um like every, every professional member that we have, we've got like that risk assessment that you do that like, yeah, it's cool. like high, moderate, low risk and stuff. So it's like send all every single client that you're currently working with and every year that gets reassessed. So it's like have all the high risk ones being referred yeah, you have right. your clearance, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's like, you've probably seen in the private members group anyway. It's like, hey, who are the online dietitians? And mm. we'll probably get a question like that once a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, From the members with that. So it's it's good. So like, it's definitely, you know, like trending in, in, in the right direction. But um, yeah, I think um, sort of back to you because it's more about you, Um, which might may, maybe a weird oh, concept, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, about that. <laughs> like what you experienced, what like, in terms of like, oh, what am I? That's mm. like what a lot yeah. of people graduating from those programs are like. Like, we've got a um a member of ours who's a, an openly accredited member, and she's a um like co national coordinator for all of exercise, biz, science, nutrition science, like practicums. Yeah, wow. Within um a university, and she's yeah. like, a few people from these programs can't graduate and register with anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's like like not ESSA, not us, because like we've got twelve subjects they need to have done. Yeah, yeah. And so what we're what we're setting up now is like pathways where they can fill in subjects. But I think you're like like I was saying, you sort of prior to mm. a lot of people just aren't aware. And you were fortunate in the way in the sense that you looked into it and you had that had the pathway. pathway. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. It would have ended up with a very expensive sort of piece of paper. Like obviously would have informed my practice as mm. a nutritionist, but you know from the outside it would have made me no difference from someone who'd just gone i'm gonna set up a nutrition practice yeah you yeah know. you would have just yeah. been the gut health SIBO coach yeah yeah lecturing totally. about. Yeah. <laughs> on my yacht somewhere probably <laughs> after i've given you your individual gi mapped protocol <laughs> from your hair yeah. yeah oh all of it it's all the bodily fluids i feel like they'll yeah, from your anyway. hair and the uh, mobile respirating device oh, that can tell you exactly what's, what's going on uh, it doesn't matter. No, anyway. or now, or whatever. It's oh, called. I don't know. I know the Lumen. Lumen? Oh, Lumen. Lumen. Yeah. yeah, sorry. But oh, I don't know. Anyway, I think I was naming them. The now. Isn't that a band? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a band. <laughs> Look, it's all, it's the same, same, right? <laughs> Some mobile metabolic assessment device or rock yeah. group doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. They're about, rock group. They're about as, they're both as, equal, they're both equally good for your gut health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. So like you came out, did that. Yeah. You then eventually get accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So second round of, obviously, I think, I think a lot of people went from Ben's or like uh, bachelor exercise nutrition um, into medicine or they wanted to get into medicine. So there were people. Who, oh, so it was like the fun undergrad. Yeah. It was, you could either do like biomedical science or uh, exercise nutrition science. Um, and so I think a bunch of people who got offers in the first round for dietetics went with medicine. Mm -hmm. That meant that like. I got to be the afterthought, which was sweet. <laughs> um, but like no one cares about your GPA. So I got in and um, there, yeah, just went through the master's, which was fine. It was 12 months, course uh, 18, 18. Oh, it's all, it's all, um, it was all really like a blend. UQ. Yeah. Blends it. So um, I didn't actually do a solid prac 
you did like two days of prac a week. That's cool. Year. That's cool. Uh, you didn't like it? It it had uh it was it was really good for me as the learner, but it was terrible for the people I was being placed with. So like hospitals didn't like us because they couldn't get any um, momentum. With yeah, us, yeah, I mean? I've heard. Yeah, and so the like, hospitals were not a fan of nah, that. So, I had people from Griffith. Totally, you just can't. You could like, it's it's harder from that perspective because you can't manage a caseload, right? Because yeah, you, like instead of a six week block where you start knowing nothing, but you have six solid weeks to improve yourself. Yeah. So in terms of being able to have my coursework coincide with practical stuff, that was really awesome, but. Yeah, there was definitely a, the downside was the not really building any rapport or connection with the actual places. Mm. We were, we were, um, and how how much was like private practice like of that prac? Uh, minor. It's like two hundred hours of the. It was like uh, not even total, that. 600? Like so, we did hospital, aged care, lots of aged care. Yeah, so um, much is like medical. Yeah, dietetics, yeah. And yeah. I did the only private practice I did was at Headspace. So we did some Headspace. Yeah, okay. Stuff. Um, like and on on the other hand, I get it as a private practice owner, like I've had a student recently and it's hard yeah. like, and she was awesome. So it's nothing to do with her. It's just like, it's hard to provide a, a valuable, or at least I found a, a valuable experience. And it's something I want to improve on in the future, but I get, you know why it's because their hours are so limited though. Like, yeah, if you had them for a thousand hours, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, sweet, 400. You're just going to be on the phone learning how to talk to people. Yeah, totally. Oh, it's just a lot of shadowing, you know, yeah. and, and then like research There's only so much you can get stuff, out of shadowing as well. Yeah, totally. At one point you got to do, but then like as the business, you have to have systems in place and you have to have structures and it takes a lot of your time as well. So, and then there's the clients that like, are like, no, I'm not comfortable totally. with that. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely a big undertaking for the business. So I, I get it, but it did mean that for most of my study, private practice was just sort of something we talked about and like they um there was the the uni clinic you know they do uni clinics and oh, students yeah, can come for like yeah. 20 bucks to see a dietitian you yeah know, that kind of stuff so we, we did some of that but um it's not the same. it's hard yeah. yeah yeah totally it's um I, I i don't know how you would uh perfectly emulate actually working in private practice because it's so I have my ideas, well. but yeah, 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 because it's 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 definitely lacking. You know, um, I think even down to the irony is is that ninety five percent of the work oh, is in private practice, totally. and prac is geared for the like, or well, not even like ninety. Let's just say the one percent, those two jobs we were joking about. Yeah, prac yeah. is geared for giving like to to like get you successfully getting that practice. job. Yeah, and like, and then private practice is an afterthought, and that's where like there's no there's no talk about like client retention client onboarding no. client journey like any of that client stuff, buy-in which, yeah yeah which client adherence like, <laughs> i think it's like it sounds like gross business but it's if you want to get clients results that's you need all that stuff and if that's like at the end of the day that's that's our job yeah get client results whether it's you know reducing gut symptoms changing body composition improving performance you know managing diabetes it doesn't matter what it is and i think that whole world of client relationships was just like not discussed yeah, and it's which is so important. Yeah. And then yeah. there's like referring practitioner relationships as well. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, okay, well, cool. I'm just going to start networking with GPs. And it's like, cool, like go in there and <laughs> they shout don't care. lunch. Yeah, right. I did that for you about got, six months after you, I graduated. You got five months. Like, you, yeah. you got five minutes of their time at their yeah. lunch break. And they're like, cool. Oh, food. Yeah. 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 Again, don't blame them. They're like massively, they're swamped. Even yeah. worse, you know, post-pandemic. But like, yeah, you just don't get, you don't get taught that stuff. No, and it'd be good to be able to get like those reps in whilst you're a student. Yeah, or even just a, aware of the existence of it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think there is definitely a like you graduate and then you'll see clients, and then it's there's no mention of like 
how are you getting those clients? You know, how are you keeping those clients? And keeping them happy. Is, yeah, exactly. Which is obviously getting testimonials, but in a way that like you can promote yourself effectively. <laughs> well, but... we can't use testimonials. So that's yeah, but, right. but you, but you, but or you, word of mouth, definitely yeah. encouraging word of mouth. Yeah. Just any shout outs on social. Just, yeah. Any, that kind of, any stuff. of that. Yeah. So, which is um, no before and afters though. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I'm all right with that. I, uh, to be honest, mate, like I think, I think like, we've caught on that they're like, I think it's a crutch that people use to like blame the system. And it's like, Hey, if like, if you're a dietitian and you're saying, Oh, I'm not getting clients because I can't advertise with before and afters. Like that's not the reason you're not getting clients. No, no, no. There's uh, there's, there's probably bigger, bigger problems. There. Yeah. Like if you're good at what you do, you don't, you might need to prompt people to, to share. Right. Mm. Um, but most of the time, like, if they're getting good results, they'll, they'll tell people, yeah. you know, um, you don't need a progress photo to, yeah. to sell that. Well, before and after, especially if you like, unless you want someone that's interested in like only working with you for eight weeks, then, and like, they want to have really good before and after photos, then yeah, you're really shooting yourself in the foot by being a dietitian, not being able to share that. But I don't know many dietitians that I've spoken to who have that specific business model. That's no, like go to a, do a gym challenge. Yeah. If that's what you want. Like yeah. that's, you know, if you want long lasting health and behavior change, Sure. Mm. But um, yeah, I, it's a, it's a, it's a funny space. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. So like, I think, um, I think, you know, moving on from that. All right. We've got the grads now they're coming out. They're doing this kind of thing. Mm. Um, and you know, like if someone wants to be like you, what would you be your advice? All things considered. Oh man. Um, <laughs> that's a big, question. you're on the spot here. Yeah. You've only got two minutes and it okay. has to be the best answer. All right. Um, be me. Right. How do I know? Um, well just succeed in private practice. Right. So success yeah. is subjective anyway, but yeah. like, yeah. let's say you've got, get to the point where you've got a full book of clients that you, mm. you like working with Yeah. that, you know, share the values that you espouse in practice mm. to the point where if you want to take someone on under you, you can. Yeah. 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 That kind of thing. Cause I mean, mate, like, yeah, it I, might, it might feel weird <laughs> to hear this, but it's like, dude, that's like the dream for like 90% of clinicians out there. Yeah. I think, um, like relentlessly focusing on your service is the best thing that you can possibly do. You know, like every week I'm tweaking the, you know, documentation or the ad, not like the, not the marketing, but like the design or I'm changing the wording on that, or I'm like tweaking our templates or I'm, you know, you're constantly improving or like the client communication. And so, um, you're just so focused on how can I improve my systems and my service till they're like better than anyone else's, which is you know, subjective of course. And there's mm. no way of measuring that, but if that's, and I think that's all I've, all I've ever focused on. And even in the first like 12 months, I did didn't did zero marketing didn't ask for referrals which was stupid by the way if anyone's listening ask for referrals straight like, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. really important and i definitely have like, a way of formalizing yeah, your so referral dumb. so dumb but like referral for requests months, it wasn't on my because <laughs> again it's not touched on at uni so you're yeah. just like so i was like what do i know how to do get better at being a dietitian and i just focused on that um and that word of mouth just grew enough to the point where like okay now i can start thinking about Facebook ads or proper referral partners, or like, you know, you can, you can kind of systematize that and you could definitely do it a lot earlier than I did as well. But I think the number one thing is like, if you don't have a hundred percent confidence in your abilities and service, like why is someone going to give you money? Mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, so I think that was, that's just the main thing that I've focused on. If you're good, 
that that helps. Yeah, and I think um, like just just on the back of that, right? Like I think that's hit the nail on the head. And I think something that you said that I wanted to highlight was like if you don't believe in your services, no one else will. Mm. It's okay if you don't for a period, oh, but yeah. just like go and work for someone for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and you still like I still have crippling doubt four or five times per day. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like, I'm, like you still, it's not like, oh man, I'm amazing, but it's like, <laughs> what? It's not. <laughs> yeah, I know. Surprise. Um, I'm around Michael and he is like that every, you know, every hour of the day, he's, yeah. he's just killing he's it, man. It. Yeah. The vibe. Well, it's all right for some. <laughs> <laughs> he's nodding, but uh, yeah, no, I like, it's okay to, to be unsure of things. And yeah, totally. If, if you're completely like, I don't think I've got it or now's not the time. Like, not everyone needs to run a business. And I know it's hard to say that as someone running a business, but like, there's no, a lot, I think it needs to be said more there's a lot yeah. to be said for like not having to figure out how to tag someone with a Facebook pixel. So you can chase them around the internet at two in the morning, you know, yeah. and not having to be like, Oh man, my email system's broken down. So I need to go like, to just be like, I'm going to rock up or like server uploads. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I definitely understand the appeal of like showing up, doing a great job, doing a bit of CPD, mm. you know, um, and then leaving. But um, I think on the flip, you still got to have those referral generating capacities and client buy-in. You just don't have the responsibility like the of like, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's another big thing as well that I think gets missed. Well, it's particularly in dietetics. Like if you're in dietetics, you're in business, Yeah, you're in sales. You know, if you're in nutrition, you're in sales. Cause even if you're not, big time. even if you're not selling people, like I'm trying to sell vegetables, yeah. you know, like yeah. I'm trying to sell the idea to someone of like, Hey, could you add some protein to your breakfast? And so that's sales to a world that like really wants the instant fix. Totally. Yeah, so yeah. you, whether you like it or not, you're in some form of sales and just broadening that definition a little bit to like, you then need to promote to other people. And again, it comes back to, if you're confident in your ability, I've always struggled with the concept of sales, but I've gotten a lot better at thinking about it lately to be like, can you help them? And if my, if internally my answer is no, then I won't like done. But if my answer is like, yes, I can help them. Then like, why would I not try and help them? Like that's, not okay and so i think as a dietitian understanding that even if you work for somebody else there is going to be that expectation of like you need to be focusing on growing your reach and focusing and reach i know sounds like social media but it doesn't have to be at all like that was like, going to be a question yeah yeah, like ask, I, yeah i will absolutely hire someone in the future who's not on social media right but mm. their reach is going to be that the fact that they've plugged in with allied health professionals in the area they're plugged in with gyms they're plugged in with gps um you know that's their reach and so like they kind of i've heard the expression own your postcode you know and so they're still doing those that information because if with that information that work because someone who can do that of course i'm going to hire them over someone who's just going to sit there and even if they're a great dietitian but they're just waiting for me to give them clients you know any business owner is going to pick if you've got two good practitioners and one also has a few referral streams like it's a no-brainer no yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so no doubt but because we don't get taught that at uni a lot of people come out at with least, an expectation yeah, yeah just yeah. like it is a bit of um yeah it is that kind of i guess spoiled no, no i would just say, I, I, I would just say it's an unrealistic expectation oh totally yeah like when i had the um training in our health center we would get student dietitians mm. um uh, like ex-phys students in like doing the master's program um, like masters and EP that had a little bit more prac hours required. And I was like, it was, it was sort of like day one at like basic training for like <laughs> the military. It's like maggots a bit like, you know, I wasn't saying that I was like, but like, guess what? Like you need to learn this. And if you don't, you're going to fail. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them were like, well, fuck this. I'm going to talk to my lecturer. And they just bailed after the first. And I was like, cool, talk to them. And then a week later, they'd be like, wow, I spoke to them. And I was like, yeah, it's not their responsibility to tell you whilst I would say it is. You got to understand that they're here to teach you these things. Yeah. And like their, their, their success is predicated on your ability to pass what they have to teach you. Well, yeah. the ones who give a shit beyond that and they're good at that, they'll tell you, oh, this is what you, this is what your career aspirations look like. So, and this is what the job market's like. So just beware of it. Yeah. Yeah. You probably only get that from like one in 10 or 20 lecturers. Yeah. Well, I think there's also a level as well of they kind of need to get people into the degree. Right. And so if they tell them like, and by the way, you're also going to have to work really hard to get clients. A lot of people are like, oh, I didn't know that was going to be a part of it. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. You know? Um, and then also the fact that they've got limited course time and a lot of them, like, you know, some of my lectures, are like 400 people. So it's like their job is to teach you the biochemistry of the, the liver. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Right. And it's like, so on the other, I think it's more, I would like to see more business specific subjects that are more real world related. Um, rather than like, I had a subject where the assignment was, so you've just bought a private practice. What are you blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hold on a second. How did I get the 150 K together to buy the private? Like, <laughs> I think we've missed a few steps in the business journey of a <laughs> practitioner here. So like, um, it would, I'd really like to see a bit more of a practical, like, Hey, here's how to, here's how to take payments. Right. <laughs> like that's mm. pretty important. Here's how to, you know, set up uh, referral pathways here's how to nurture clients here's how to just just all of that stuff you know, here's how to finish a a consult and and talk about the the, the longer journey that you guys are going to go on together so i don't begrudge the lecturers who don't always cover that stuff but i'm a bit annoyed that uni doesn't recognize that this is a critical topic that isn't being discussed you know? yeah i think it's just <laughs> mate i could talk for hours on this but I think what we're seeing, and this is just me being a complete, uh, what would you call it? Uh, what's the word? Cynic. <laughs> is this where I'm supposed to be like, I'm not with him? Not- <laughs> 100%. Distance yourself from me now aggressively. <laughs> but um, like, there's a few sort of, uh, I would say like societal institutions that are evolving and, mu- and like evolving slash mutating. I would say mutating into things that, are away from the initial intended like or the initial intention of where they came from and what where they started and so to me universities massively are as well as politics like politics these days is just more about retaining your Mm. seat keeping votes staying in and then get networking, getting yourself a good job afterwards. Like to me, it's like, if you're going to be like an actual politician, you'd be a public servant. So like, don't go in there. Don't, take a wage don't do any of that shit mm. it people are now becoming like career politicians which has completely shifted away from the initial intention which is just like there to serve the public for the greater good mm. Mm. and like i see universities doing a very similar thing where it's more of a business and the business of like like in politics the business of being re- re-elected or negotiating a great job for when you finish mm. the business of putting bums in seats teaching them and getting them graduating at this percentage and blah, blah, blah is Mm. taking away from the intention of really robust education for success in a career and a, you know, a really amazing immersive learning environment. Like universities Mm. back in the early 1900s, like were very different Mm. places to what they are now. I didn't 
I didn't really go to my union. No, no. So definitely <laughs> like, what? Oh, this is online. <laughs> it's recorded. I'm not going. <laughs> so I'm the, I was a bad student on that, on that front. I had a lot of life things going on as well, mm. but yeah, it's, it's, I became a dietitian, so I don't have to have the answers to those questions. Yeah. Big like, time. That, that's too hard. That's outside my pay grade. I, I, I'm way too, I'm way too neurotic. Yeah. I, I, I ruminate on this shit. I'm like, no, nah, I don't like this. I don't yeah. like the system. I'm very good at putting my head in the sand. <laughs> I need to be better at my, that. My for wife sure. can attest to that. So um, in terms of the following, because you mm. mentioned it before, you got a pretty good following. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Better than ours, man. And you were way better on social than what I am. I'm pretty dog I re- shit. I really enjoy it. I really, it's always been something that like, I think in a former life, I was kind of like, I was into music and not, not art, but like creative writing and stuff. And so it's sort of been a fairly natural progression which is which is cool and even like i taught music so like education has always been part of it and i think i got lucky in the fact that instagram well not now let's not go there but at least you know uh when did i start it maybe three or four years ago is um like it's the perfect platform to to combine all those things Mm. um so it's been like it's it's definitely i can't, can't say it's definitely been an important part of my business like i've gotten lots of clients from instagram i think if it suits your skill set social media is really powerful and you should absolutely be on it yeah um i think too many people think it's the be all and end all and think they're gonna make a business out of it yeah um but i do i i think i'm a little bit more like your job one is be the best practitioner you can possibly be but i think there's some people who think if you're big on social media you can't be the best practitioner you possibly can be and i push back on that a little bit but (laughs) you do need to be constantly focused on like, so for me, Instagram still is a hobby. Like yeah, I still, okay. I'll go like a week without posting because I just don't have, don't have anything to say. And I'm also fortunate enough to be in a position where, you know, have a large enough following where I don't need to, I'm not doing the grind work of posting five, seven times per week and constantly on stories and stuff. So I think because of that, I've been able to keep doing it because it doesn't feel like, oh god i gotta do another social media post today what am i gonna write i'm just like oh, i'm just not gonna do it mm-hmm. but yeah i'm definitely a lot more of i'm just not gonna do it yeah yeah which is i don't know but that that's changing <laughs> cool cool yeah it's uh man when i started i posted um about a fruit a different fruit and a different vegetable every day so a photo was literally just me holding an apple and then me talking about an apple in the caption so if that's where i started <laughs> anyone can do it because <laughs> like it was not quality content like who did i who wanted to read about an apple i, I mate, some people they found it great obviously but no they're like i never knew that about that apple well i do that and then i do like a, a text-based post once a week and i'd be like hang on these four fruit and vegetable posts are getting like 10 likes and the text-based post is getting 100 likes hmm <laughs> maybe i should do more of those and so like <laughs> you know that's probably the extent to my social media marketing strategy is is that but trial and error yeah pretty much yeah and what do i like if i as as um self-serving as it sounds if i get a nose laugh out of something i'm like ah okay i'll post it you know if i don't like it i'm just i'm not going to post it because like i think that's the main and this is the other big thing about social media and followings it's not about the site it's not about the size of your following it's how you use it um <laughs> i'm so sorry mom and dad but uh <laughs> it's like you you don't need a big following to get lots of clients out of it and so i think there's too much focus on posts to grow rather than posts to communicate your personality your experience your ex you, you know your knowledge um and that is what 
gains uh that's what turns followers into clients yeah you know um and so i would say that i don't think i've you know i think i've grown 15 to twenty thousand in the last two years following wise and i don't get more clients per week from social media than i did back then i still average the same amount mm. um because i make sure i'm focusing on posts like i post posts that i know won't do, partic do particularly well but i know they're of interest to my current followers you know rather than if i mention certain supplement brands um then those blow up and go viral and that's all great and you oh, get lots there of followers was that one, like two months <laughs> yeah, ago but it that was a good time it wasn't it, yeah, 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 yeah yeah so like that's great for i was followers. so late to that man oh it was um i was like a month and a half late to it i was like what i was not hell? prepared but that's okay <laughs> uh, like like you know that talking about that sort of stuff is going to get more of an interest but those are just followers whereas you know posting here's my top six frozen meals it's like people a lot of people that's not going to get shared mm. you know so you're not going to grow from that but then you are helping people and providing value and so then you become i'm, I'm john is the nutrition guy that they think of so when they themselves have a nutrition problem or their family or friend does they're going to be like oh you need to go see Jono. Mm. Um, and you can do that with 500 followers yeah and, so. and that was going to be my question was like to the practitioners out there and they say oh i want you know i want to replicate what john has done in terms of like some some of the aspects they might think well I'm not going to get 20,000 followers or whatever like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, do, do you need that? No, nah, no. It's, yeah. it's the, yeah. I, I've always prided myself on the engagement that I yeah. get. Like I get pretty good likes per not in the last few months since Instagram. Oh yeah. yeah. It's definitely got, changed. So are you going to go to TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm too old for TikTok. I don't understand it. It's um, and, and you think Instagram. I've got one. I haven't. I've got one too. Up. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I put two reels from Instagram over onto TikTok. Oh, I haven't, it. I haven't but done like, anything. It's um, it's starting next week. <laughs> what's the date everyone? <laughs> the date? Um, but yeah, it, it's, I've lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Followers. Following so size. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, um, you should be, it comes back to just focus on being good. If you're focusing on improving your content, like if you build it, they will come. Mm. And if they haven't come yet, then you just need to keep building it. Yeah. And I think like, I always think a nice size is like, people might think, oh, I need a few thousand. You mm. honestly don't. Like if you're, if you've got like seven, 800, that's sufficient. I think, yeah, between 800 and a thousand. Cause that, if you can get like some followers, followers, sorry, if you can convert some of them into clients, then those, then you just work on word of mouth after that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not just, you're looking at like a 5% conversion. Totally, totally. Yeah. 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 But people get hung up on what's the called number. vanity metrics and yeah. I get it. Like, you know, I want, do I want 1 million followers? Absolutely. Oh, man. I don't know. Some of the, there's certain headaches with messages and, and comments and things yeah. that happens, but, but like, yeah, of course I'm, I'm wanting it to continue to grow, but that's almost I mean, if we talk about behavior change and fat loss, it's like, that's the goal, but I'm focused on the actions that are going to achieve that goal rather than like, what, what's my follow account? What's yeah, my follow exactly. Account? Being, yeah. yeah. Being process driven rather than outcome driven. Yeah, sure. Okay. So before we wrap up, what are some of the things that are grinding your gears? Uh, too many to count. I would, <laughs> but like, I, I think it, it all sits under the umbrella of fear. I know that's always been around, but I've, I don't know if it's just I've moved outside of my echo chamber now and I'm noticing it more and more, but like the weaponization of fear of foods, fear of supplements, fear of chemicals, fear of additives, and then using that guilt to get parents to buy their kid the organic expensive yogurt and, you know, or using that fear to stop them, you know, buying that product, eating wheat bix and all of those sorts of things. Um, and just the really 
yeah, that use of that use of fear that's coming from such a privileged place. Um, and I constantly, and this isn't one of those, like I've lost track of, but I literally have lost track of the amount of times in a week, I will get a message from someone being like, is this like, this post is like terrified me. Like, am I, can I give my kids orange juice? And it's like, Oh, like it's, it's exhausting. And I feel so bad for the, the late public out there who can't separate between the accounts that are just trying to, you know, weaponize fear. Um, so anyway, that's my rant on fear. That's definitely overarchingly the main thing I see. It's not a like, Hey, here's all the things you should be doing to improve your health. It's here's why wheat bix are going to give you leaky gut and colon cancer and you will die. Mm. Okay. Which I'm not a fan. Uh, yeah. I've seen it a lot recently in your stories as well, like debunking stuff. So like, hey, send me the pictures, but mm. I'll debunk it. I think it. that was when I moved outside my echo chamber. Yeah. And I was not, I was like, oh, there's, there's so much yeah. garbage that I was unaware of. But um, I think trying really hard to shoot the message, not the messenger. Yeah. That's a better approach. Yeah. yeah. And because too many times people respond to tone and I got it very wrong uh, a lot of the time. But like, you know, if I doesn't matter what I'm saying. If I'm saying it a bit aggressively or as a dick, most people switch off. You know? it, it, it's funny, <laughs> man, like on social as well. Like I've had times where like prospective students, and this is something that is just like on mine that'll be sort of like different to other people's where I've got a, I've got a work Instagram account, right? I've got a mm. personal one. I got maybe like hundred followers, right? It's just like I post a lot of dumb Five shit. Five to 10% conversion there. Oh, oh. <laughs> Five to 10 <laughs> students there. <laughs> um, but I, like I got my work one mm. um, and I'll post stuff about that. People will get in there. A prospective student mm. will get in there and start interacting with me and like disagreeing with me, Yeah, but in a very informal social media way. And it's like, cool. I'm like the head of the association. And I'm not saying this in a manner where I'm like super egoic or anything like that. I'm mm. saying in the sense where it's like, oh, I'm vicariously liable for how every single member, at least within Australia practices mm. and intensively the Australians that interacted <laughs> a bit more funnily. And these are like our prospective students and prospective members. Yeah, yeah. And so like I'll interact and be like, I'm just flagging this. Maybe you shouldn't do our program. Yeah. Because I'm coming in from a, I don't want to put my neck on the line for this person. No. And they think I'm being a dick. When in reality, I'm like, not i'm just trying to flag that like these behaviors and these outlooks and these approaches are not conducive with being a sound practitioner yeah i'm flagging it now as someone that's gonna like be like endorsing your insurance policy and registration yeah, yeah. and and it's sort of like that it's like social has informalized things to the point where everyone's so accessible that it's like i look like a dick for like pulling them up in a more formal sense because it's like well this account really just exists to aware people of like things that like you're not supposed like like we've discussed like that unis aren't telling you and all this kind of stuff because mm. i'm just trying to do right by the yeah, industry yeah. and like and the professionals within it so that way we've got it so yeah it's it's been funny like people will be like oh you come across like a dick and i'm like i really like i have no option at this point like i have excuse me i have to flag that at yeah. that point in time, because it's like, how are they going to, how are they going to interact with our staff? How are they going to interact with the assessment team? How are they going to interact with the insurers? Yeah. How are they going to interact when it's like audit time and we flag that they haven't done all this kind of stuff. So like, I have to flag this at that point. Yeah. There's sort of no way around it. And I'm like, but, and like, I don't really care. It's just, it's just a funny thing that I'm sharing at this point in time. Yeah. People just don't like that. There is a level as well though. Of like they don't like getting disagreed with. Yeah. And so people take that oh, big time. personally instead of where you're like, no, like this is just calmly. These are the facts. Take it or leave it. You know, 
I think being okay with other people being wrong helps because I'm like, no, these are the facts. If you want to ignore that and continue to be wrong, I'm not going to chase you down. But like, I, 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 I don't lose sleep over it at all, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't sit there like with any of that stuff at all. I'm like, from my end, I'm like, oh, I would rather that door be closed and totally not have to worry about that per- person's perspective liability down the track. Way be- bigger headache in the future. <laughs> yeah, like the thing is like, it's like, it's pretty daunting. Like we, um, uh, you know, the Norman Moe case in Adelaide? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So like, yeah. he kept calling himself an accredited sports nutritionist. Yeah. And so we were getting blown up about it. And he never came through us. Yeah. And if he did, like, we would be like, mate, on it. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? This yeah. needs to change. Otherwise, like, you know, like we're, we're reporting you as well. Mm. Like, this is fucking bad. Um, so he wasn't ours, man. Inbox is blowing up from members of the public, fucking um, health commissioners on the phone to us. It's not a fun time. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Th- that's my frame of reference when this stuff comes up. I'm like, oh, is this someone that I want to be handling these calls for if something yeah, goes totally. wrong? And I'm like, no. Like, yeah, and I think, and social media, it's funny because it's all such short form content, especially on Instagram, that it's like, that's, that's, that's something that's definitely missed. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's my uh, that's my TED talk rant on that. <laughs> so I'm not being a dick for yeah. the sake of being a dick. Yeah, you do. You've got like a minute, right? Or yeah. you've got like 15. Oh, I think you've got a minute. But like yeah, 200 characters. Some nuance and some yeah. context will be lost. Yeah, like, but you know, I, there, there's always one. Yeah, or more than one. Sometimes. So so speaking of rants, <laughs> let's talk about a rant that we are passionate about. Is this, is this what I think? Is this my line of supplements? This is your line of supplements. The Jonathan Stedman supplements. The, the yeah, Jonathan Stedman Health. Jonathan yeah. Health supplements. You could, we could call it JS Health to shorten it, I guess. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. The, um, Jonathan Stedman's the, a bit of a mouthful. J hyphen S health. Yeah, health is also H-E-L-T-H. Yes. Just to clarify. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of people mess up. Um, there's, this, the, the, there's a number of supplement brands that mm. aren't like yours. Mm. And it's, it's a shame. They're not a fan of comparison no. and objective review. I think the thing that always pops to mind when I when that situation occurs is the 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 Shakespeare, the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's yeah. all I can think. It's like if you have to like <laughs> that to me is the biggest red flag. Because if someone came at me about my service, I would either be able to say, You're right, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, and here's how we're gonna fix that. Or, which is like the best way of doing well, things. Well, totally, yeah. Because yeah. then like A, my service improves and B, I look good. So I'm, mm. I'm like, it hurts initially when you get negative feedback, but it always ends up, it always ends well, right? Mm. If you do it properly. <clears throat> uh, and then, <laughs> or I'll turn around and be like, oh, actually that's not the case. You're mistaken. Here's why that's not the case. Instead of just like, how could you be so rude? How could you be so mean? We're an Australian company. That's what I hear all the time as well. When I pick, when I'll mention that a supplement company. Oh, I know. We're a small Australian business. Like, I don't care. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your product and whether Coca-Cola Amatil makes it or mum and pop make it in their garage. <laughs> that is, that's not what's on trial here. So if they, if you have to go to such great lengths to character assassinate the person who has brought up the issue or to talk about why you're so great um, or try and shut down any form of public yeah. criticism. Why? That, why are you so uncomfortable yeah, with, with it? For okay. me, it's character assassination and then the attempt to like formally, legally to silence. Shut. Obviously they just, because well, they don't, they clearly do not have a defense. Yeah. Otherwise they would use it because like we said, defense, the defense looks far better than just going, trying to, to, to shut it up. Mm. 
So the lady doth protest too much. That's way too much. Way too much. Mm. Yeah. So a, a few of mm. our members, mm. including some other professional members from like and other practitioners have received some cease and desists for mm. potential defamation yes. things. Yes. Unfortunately, doesn't stand up against three hundred million dollars. Yeah, company. you were saying. Yeah, were saying. yeah. I, I didn't know. It, it ain't defamation if you've got over twenty employees in Australia. <laughs> Some of these companies have well over twenty employees. Yeah. yeah. So it, there's a number of them, and coincidentally, a lot have been slapped with fines, with uh from from the TGA. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's just a misunderstanding. There, there, there was um there was one that um was uh, Jackson was doing a um comparison on the fat loss creams. Oh yeah, yeah, and they contacted UWA, University of Western Australia, and like went like legal to them to like stop it as oh, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like it, it went that far to the point where it was going to like affect his ability to graduate. Like he was toward That's, the end of yeah. his like PhD. Again, it's that pretty messed up. Yeah, characters like shooting the messenger instead of shooting the message. So if but it's Jackson's like, message, peer reviewed research. I know, I know. Yeah, if Jackson's message was wrong, then they should have been able to unpack that. But yeah, clearly they couldn't. Because no, no. So then they went the other route of like, okay, well, we'll just try and shut him down. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. And you know, like, well, like you said, I didn't, I didn't realize those letters aren't maybe as legitimate and so it's just that using that fear to slap people around and you get that scary yeah and then, then, and then doubling down like, yeah Holy doubling yeah, down on the fear okay. i've i've mm. got to stop but it's funny like and, and like yeah yeah it, it, it's a hard one really grinds my gears but it'll be good to see hopefully uh hopefully danny and something. alan do a quack asylum episode on it oh that would be amazing yeah i haven't done one of them in a while you get back on the yeah course. i think they can, i think they're gonna be doing it soon yeah cool. they were like oh let's create some content when we're here for um yeah, that's the right. conference that and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, no, 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 what I would like you to do is <laughs> yes. I would like to sponsor an episode yes. on the Quack Asylum about these particular brands. Please. Oh, that would be because Alan Alan's barrister. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. His yeah, his stuff is I have to be I have to turn off all noise to read his his stuff is so dense, but I mean that in the most like in the best possible way. He's that man is so smart. Yeah. He's too smart. Yeah, it makes yeah. you feel dumb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's incredible. Is what he's done for my knowledge of nutrition is huge. Super, like super smart. Content. Yeah, yeah. And and Danny, like both just powerhouses of killing the, it of the industry. Yeah, the Sigma powerhouses. Oh, they're a big fan of your um your TikTok did, attempted a video with the music and the pointing oh. and the random. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were at dinner at mine, and they were, I was talking about you doing the gut health thing. And yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Danny's like, this is the guy with the hilarious video. <laughs> oh. Well, that has just made my year. So that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, I've been, I point so many dietitians at the Sigma Nutrition Podcast because it it just takes, um, just dietitians, sorry, but like I've mentored dietitians. So mm. That's sort of where my mind goes. But just any practitioner, once study is finished, that's like the best. Yeah, subscribe to the learning. premium as well. Like get the notes. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. it just saves you so much time. The amount of times I'm like, oh, what did they mention in that podcast? I can't remember. You just go back, you find it. It's done. You get all the references. It's killer. You're loving it. Yeah. Well, bro, thank you so much. Thank you. Much Thanks appreciated. Me. My pleasure.